I assure you, it was not a rerun. For the second series in a row, the Twins dropped the opener and then took the final two games and the series. But now the Dodgers loom. How do the Twins measure up? All this and more today on Locked on Twins. So sit back, buckle up, and get comfortable because Locked on Twins starts now. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Please feel free to be active in the comments, leave comments on YouTube, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the shows. We'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, if you don't, come to me. Let me know what I can change. Also, too, if you have questions to be answered in the seventh inning stretch, removing questions from the bullpen to the seventh inning stretch, just letting you know. Then hit me up on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked On Twins. DMs are open. And don't forget to check out the Locked On Twins breathless post-game minute right away after each game. That is going to be pretty late with this one. So, um, you know, drink some coffee and come hang with me tonight. Twins play the Dodgers on Monday at Dodger Stadium. It's a 9-10 first pitch in the central time zone. It's Pablo Lopez against Thor. Noah Syndergaard, not great numbers so far this season, so we'll see if the Twins can knock him around. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with the SiriusXM, with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. So the Twins win a series over the Cubs, and it's virtually identical to the Padres series, at least in a lot of respects. Six to one loss to open the Padres series. 6-2 to two opens up the Cubs, and then instead of coming back with back-to-back small victories, Twins beat the Padres 4-3 and 5-3 in the final two games, the Twins blow the barn doors off with an 11-1 win on Saturday, and then a 16-3 drubbing with, con- uh, not consecutive, but two seven-run innings in that one. Twins chased Marcus Stroman early and had no mercy on any of his relievers. So 29 runs scored. That is a record for the Twins for target field in a three-game series, which is all the more amazing when they only scored two runs in the first game. Um, We'll check up on Joey Gallo here a little bit. It sounds like he is going to be okay to play in the opener. Did leave the game late. Looked like he pulled up with a hammy. But it sounds as though it was not as serious as it may have looked, taking him out precautionary reasons because of how the Twins led at the time and because, two, you just don't want to mess with it. He's been hitting moonshots of late. But, yeah, just a, a great overall series. Pitching picks up the, the slack after giving up six runs in the opener and gives up four combined. Over the final two, Twins outscore the Cubbies 27-4 to four over the final two games. Good lesson, too, that... The first game of a series doesn't mean it's always going to go that way. And I think some fans get tied up with that. Here's some fun statistical stuff. The Twins weighted runs created plus. So if you like OPS plus from baseball reference, it's we'll call it similar. It's scaled to 100. 100 means average. In a two-game span where they scored 27 runs, 
The Twins jumped nine points from 90, which is comfortably below average, to 99, which is knocking on the cusp of average. Their team hitters went from a collective 2.6 Fangraphs war to 4.4. So a jump of 1.8 over the span of just two days. And the reason that is because the Twins offense went from minus 20 runs to minus four and a half. So the team improved by almost 16 runs in their run value statistic, which again correlates pretty well with why the the war for the position players jumped the way it did. So just an, an absolutely great series offensively, obviously, especially the last two games. Good to see the Twins kind of finally breaking out of their shell as the Dodgers loom, a very good offensive team. Also, too, let's take a look at your Twins over the last week. Get a feel for who's hot, who's not, and that sort of thing. Since the... Yeah, make sure, you got to make sure I have the right day here. I had since the 12th. Oh, that's for the weekend. We want for the week. Here we go. Carlos Correa has an 860 OPS over the last week. Polanco, 742. The big guys, though. Uh, Alex Kirilov, 1364 since returning, which is obviously absolutely incredible. Kyle Farmer with 1,061 OPS. You've got Donovan Solano in small sample size with a pretty good run there. Three for, or, well, two for six. We're not going to pay attention to that. Um Joey Gallo with a 985 OPS. Really the big strugglers to this point. Christian Vasquez, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Nick Gordon, all sub 700 OPS this last week. Buxton way down there. He's two for 18, but only four strikeouts, four walks. So he's still, again, we talk about how much he can help the team in a strict DH role. He's still helping out in the sense that he's getting on base. Um, Still not really stealing bases. Twins only stole one base in the last week. Surprise, surprise, it was Michael A. Taylor. And the one caught stealing was Ryan Jeffers getting picked off for some reason, which was excessively strange. Anyway, the offense hit 271 over the last week with an 855 OPS and scored 39 runs in six games. So you're looking at about, what are we thinking here? Six games, 40 runs, a little over six per game. And again, inflated towards the end of the week with their games against the Cubbies. Uh, Pitching-wise, Louis Varland was absolutely phenomenal, made two starts, 2.92 ERA. He allowed four earned runs in 12 and a third with 13 strikeouts. So Louis Varland really turning a corner, really exciting to see what he's going to be capable of. Again, have to limit, limit the home runs, but it'll uh, it'll be curious to see how he does in his next start right now he is slated to i'm pulling it up here roster resource we love you roster resource louis varland is probably going to start saturday in anaheim against the angels so should be an interesting one looks like the twins will get shohai otani too in the finale against pablo lopez but we'll talk about that more later um yeah other twins pitchers who have pitched well over the last week um you know, the one start guys, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, all the starters look pretty much good. The biggest struggle, and we'll talk about this in the seventh inning stretch, Griffin Jacks, again, um, Twins go four and two in the week, but both decisions belong to him as he struggles late. So, um, you know, we've seen him kind of hit the skids here, four walks and two and two thirds innings, only three strikeouts. Uh, again, small samples, so we're not really looking at like the data points as anything other than things that happened. 
rather than things that are instructive as far as what can and will happen in the future. It's just that, you know, Jax has been a little wobbly at a time when they've needed him in big spots. Also to Emilio Pagan, surprisingly good of late, still hasn't given up a home run, knock on wood. Um, Though the Dodgers will be a good challenge for that because they have been a good power hitting team this season. That's about the only thing they're hitting. So yeah, twins four and two in the last week, pitchers with a 305 ERA, hitters with an 855 OPS. Things are going in the right direction, which is good. And again, because they're going to face the Dodgers, who are very, very tough. And our pitching matchups are as such. It's going to be Noah Syndergaard against Pablo Lopez, Clayton Kershaw against Bailey Ober, and Dustin May against Sonny Gray. It's a May Gray day on Wednesday. So that should be a fun one before the Dodgers depart for St. Louis. Twins will miss Julio Urias and Tony Gonsolin. Gonsolin. You know, I got roasted on the Padres channel for saying those names wrong. So someone reach out and tell me, Julio Urias, Tony, Tony Gonsolin. Maybe it's Gonsolin. Maybe I'm just an idiot. That's probably accurate. But um, quick rundown of roster moves before we head into our first break here. Ronnie Enriquez activated and optioned. He's going to continue to be depth for the Twins down at AAA St. Paul. Um, the big thing with pitching right now is they're kind of cycling through long guys. Cole Sands is up. Derek Rodriguez down. They've used Brent Hedrick in that role. They've even used Josh Winder. Even Jorge Alcala, who has worked a few different multi-inning stints this season, has worked in that longer role. So they're going to keep cycling guys through. Wouldn't be surprised if Enriquez is in that mix at some point. Max Kepler goes on the IL with a hamstring issue. Uh, Trevor Larnick is back. We'll see if he can kind of have that soft reset as Jose Miranda did last year where things turned around for him. But, um, you know, we'll see because Larnick wasn't down there very long and absolutely mauled at St. Paul. And then, as we said, yeah, Derek Rodriguez gets into one game. He's been back, sent back to St. Paul. Cole Sands to the big league. Sands pitches in... Let's see, which game was that again? I know he had five walks, which was absolutely insane. We pitched in one of the final two games in the, yeah, it was the Saturday game. And he closed it out, but um, kind of unceremoniously. So he's going to have to do better to remain a mainstay on that shuttle to and from St. Paul. Let's talk about eBay Motors. Fun sponsor we've got here. And, you know, we all have car issues at different times but for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay's guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit for your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. All right, so let's take a look at these Dodgers. Again, it's going to be actually first. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everyday, make sure you check back 
and we'll have um you know we'll have more coverage of the Dodgers series. I'm trying to sneak in a couple fun episodes with some guests here to kind of shake things up. So keep an eye out for that. But um, yeah, if you're an everyday or look forward to that. Also two twins Dodgers on Monday at Dodger stadium. It's a nine 10 first pitch. So brew that coffee. Uh, if it's a cold brew, you better get it started. Now it's going to be uh, our friend Pablo against Thor catch every pitch of the twins hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search twins and we have a commercial on there right now. So just listen for it. You'll know it when you hear it. Again, so it's Lopez and Thor, Bailey Ober and Clayton Kershaw, Sonny Gray and Dustin May. And then the Twins are off on Thursday before taking on the Angels. So they continue a West Coast swing. They did post a picture on Twitter, too, that they wore basketball jerseys on the trip. It was kind of like a team-building exercise. And I have to say, I think I think my favorite was Corey Provis wearing the general David Robinson it goes back to my day. I sound like I'm yelling at kids to get off my lawn over here, but a uh, big man for the Spurs pre and then early Tim Duncan era. So I thought that was pretty cool, but I love these team building exercises when they're, um, you know, not, uh, not hazing base. You know, I think that, um, I think the ones that they do rookie dress ups where they're a little more tame are okay, but, yeah, for a few years, they got a little out of control there. Let's look at the Dodgers, because I think Twins fans all expect the Dodgers to be good. And guess what? They are. Three-game lead in their division. So, let's see. Twins, three and a half. So, um, right now, Twins, 76.2% to win the division, 78.7 to make the playoffs. Dodgers, 75.6 to win the division. So, about the same, but 95.7 to make the playoffs. And again, that just comes down to the fact that the AL Central is not going to have a wild card team this year. No way, no how. Whereas, you know, there's the upstart Diamondbacks and then the Padres, who the Twins just saw, and the um, the Dodgers just swept, are, are going to hang in there. They're seven back in the division, but I think a lot of people believe that they can uh, do some damage either in the West or the wild card. Also, two Giants, 17 and 23. Twins will see them a little later here at Target Field. Actually, I believe it's after this West Coast swing. So Dodgers, uh, big things to watch for them. Their batting average has been shaky. Now, it's picking up as of late, but when I ran numbers a few weeks ago for a work obligation, they had the lowest, one of the lowest batting averages in team history to that point in the season. 26th in MLB in batting average right now, but 11th in OBP and 5th in OPS. So there are really only a few ways to get there. Taking your walks and hitting home runs. Dodgers second in the major leagues in home runs. Big reason why uh, Max Muncy's off to an absolutely ridiculous start. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. I mean, the, 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 the typical go-to starting lineup against right-handed pitching looks like this. It's Mookie, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Muncie, J.D. Martinez, James Outman. Outman has been a really, really good rookie. Like the Dodgers need any more help, but they always have these guys come out of the, the woods and just perform. Uh, Miguel Vargas, similar deal there. And then David Peralta, who a lot of people would probably remember from his Diamondback days. And then Miguel Rojas, who was part of the um, – merry-go-round when the twins traded Luis Arise to the the 
Marlins, Rojas was traded to the Dodgers so that it would open up. I think it was supposed to open up shortstop for Jazz Chisholm, who's now playing center field. I, I'm not really sure. I, I really don't understand what the Marlins are doing um, because I don't, I don't believe that Luis Arise is really a, a second baseman long-term, but they moved a lot of things around and it only got marginally more clear. Granted, Rojas is, uh, he's going to be a free agent and he's almost 30. He just turned 34. So not exactly part of the future there, but um, their, their bench runs deep. Austin Barnes has caught some really big, big games for them in the postseason and recent seasons. Chris Taylor, kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, Jason Hayward, believe it or not, is on this bench as a lefty kind of mix and match guy. Um, he'll play right field a couple days a week. He'll play, I don't know if he'll play any left, but with Mookie Betts switching in and out between right field and the infield, um, based on matchups, they're, they're going to go a lot of different directions. And then Trace Thompson is, uh, he's in the big league still. He had a nice year last year, kind of came out of, out of nowhere. Um, struggling this year, which it is what it is. It's only been a handful of games, 27 games for him. But this is a guy who uh, was pretty well, well regarded coming out as a prospect. And, um, you know, he found his footing, lost it again. And now, is back with the Dodgers. So again, team built just kind of like you'd expect. This offense is going to be really, really difficult on whoever is starting. And it just, uh, even the bottom of the order, like Altman and Vargas have had really nice years for guys that were kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, bullpen, you know, it's, uh, it's a little mix and match. Evan Phillips at the back end is awesome. Caleb Ferguson, another guy who's really good. And then Bruce Star Gratterall, who Twins fans will obviously be very familiar with, working some late innings as well. Um, still not necessarily striking anybody out, but working those big uh, big innings nonetheless. Um, probably going to be unavailable for the first one after working the last two days, but we'll see what happens there. But yeah, this Dodgers team is 26-15 and 15 and is going to be every bit as tough as they have on the Twins in recent meetings. It's just... Um, it's a pitching staff too. Uh, the ERA of the off, uh, starters, eighth in MLB. Uh, not a lot of strikeouts, which is a curiosity. 23rd in strikeouts per nine. Bullpen is 13th. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens there because, like I said, the Twins are going to miss Urias and Gonsolin. Again, roast me if you must if I mispronounce those. But Noah Syndergaard has gotten off to a wobbly start. Kershaw's Kershaw. Dustin May is obviously a you know big time prospect big time pedigree who seems to be back fully from injury so this is going to be a Dodgers team that um, is every bit as good as advertised but if you can hit with them you have a chance and that was kind of the deal in the end of the Cubs series is the twins finally started hitting so I mean, we'll see where it goes from here, but the hope has to be that uh, that this offense is at least coming out of its shell. Again, you can't expect 11, 16, whatever runs per game, but a nice steady solid five or six would go a long way to burying the rest of this division. Uh, let's, let's also, too, look at the Dodgers of late. If we go back a week like we did with the Twins, it's – it's pretty obvious to see who the haves and the have-nots are in this offense. 
Smith, Freeman, and Betts all have OPSs over 1,100. Will Smith coming back, I believe he had a concussion and has not skipped a beat since. Um, Betts is absolutely pasting everything. He's got all five of his hits in the last week going for extra bases. Um, Max Muncy has cooled off considerably. Uh, but to be fair, also too has James Altman, but Muncy cooled off and you still look at his season numbers and he's hitting, um, he's got an 862 OPS. He's not, he's going to be kind of like the dollar store, Joey Gallo. He's got a little better plate discipline. I think Gallo's plate discipline, like taking walks is good. However, um, I don't think that he's ever going to carry a 353 on base and strike out. Let's see. Muncy right now is striking out 28% of the time, 28% of the time, which is still slightly above league average is way below what Gallo is ever going to strike out. So again, yeah, it's, it's somewhat Joey Gallo with a little more positional versatility in the infield and he's been cold of late. So we'll see if the twins can hold him down, but that start was blistering hot, like a homer every three games. Um, he's played 36 games. He has 12 overs. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, but again, the big guys, the guys who can beat you of late, the Mookies and the Freemans have been red, red hot. All right. We'll close up shop with a few of your questions and, um, let's make sure that I have them pulled up here. Uh, our friend Devlin wants to know what's going on with Griffin Jack's bad luck, inconsistency, and efficiency. Are teams figuring him out? Uh, for me, I think it's a lot of like, um, you know, low exit velocity bloops. Some of it is his command isn't quite where it needs to be. And I think that just shows you how narrow the band is for an okay reliever versus a really good one. Because even in those short spurts, you can see things unravel pretty quickly when something is just slightly off. And again, we don't care that much about one loss record for pitchers because it's circumstantial and that sort of thing. But for your reliever to have as many losses as he has, it's uh, it's a little alarming because it means he's put into situations and then not delivering. So I... I think you maybe back off him a little bit, but it would be easier too if you weren't backing off him to go to Emilio Pagan or Brock Stewart, whose command is a little bit shaky. Also, Brock Stewart going back to LA, uh, he was a Dodger coming up. So he's obviously going to have some fond uh, memories of that stadium. But it'd be easier to back off if Caleb Fieldbar was healthy, if Jorge Alcala was throwing the ball well. Um, so we'll see. They may just have to keep going to Griffin Jackson, hope that it figures itself out. Um, also, uh, Devlin says Jackson Sands are almost unpitchable right now. I I don't know if I would say Jackson's unpitchable right now. It's just, you know, that that stretch of shaky pitching has kind of bundled up on him in, in one uh, fell swoop where if, uh, if he gets going again, I think he – He's right back to where he was with Sands. I mean, five walks and two innings, even when you're closing out a game that's not close. Yeah, that's that's problematic. And also part of why I think the Twins are continuing that carousel at the top of the bullpen. Personally, I think Brent Hedrick deserves another look, but you know, we could see Enriquez at some point. Rodriguez could come back. He stayed on the 40 because he uh, they didn't have a need to take him off yet. 
they'll have to take somebody off when Lewis is ready. Um, Royce Lewis, who's working his way back. Um, but with that said, yeah, there's no real urgency to take any of these guys off the 40 right now. So I think they'll continue to cycle around. Um, Devin wants to know why is Pagan more reliable? I want to say it's because he's locating um, his cutter better, but I'm going to, I'm going to pull up some numbers here. Cause I don't want to be just speaking off the cuff. Obviously not giving up a home run to this point in the season is a huge deal. This is a guy who's given up at least one and a half homers per nine in every season of his career, except for his first season. So um, with the Mariners talk about saving the best for first. Um, so he's not walking anybody, which has been his calling card. The strikeouts are, uh, they're not quite there, but they're all right. Um, 273 batting average against, obviously not good, but if uh, if players are hitting lazy fly balls and pop-ups, that's another thing. But yeah, the, the BABIP at 360 and the strand rate at 61.9%, both of those are going to normalize, but in other directions. So his 386 ERA actually looks better with his XERA of 272 and his FIP of 189. So he's... 1.89. He's actually pitching very well. And then the weighted value on his pitches, which is usually kind of a, a good indicator. Um, fastball is a, a 1.2 runs above average this year. And then slider 2.7 above. It was 6.1 below last year. So um, yeah, yeah. They, they put it as more of a cutter on pitch info going from a minus 6.4 to a plus 2.7. So that's an eight eight run swing. Now granted it's early, so it could swing higher. It could swing lower based on, you know, it's, it's a big sample last year, a small sample this year. So they're not exactly analogous, but um, this, the cutter has been a very, very good pitch for him. Statcast says the same, uh, the split, not so much, but he's, he's doing fastball cutter and it's pretty much working for him. And I think, um, the longer he can go into the season giving up no home runs. I mean, we're not going to shatter any paradigms here by saying not giving up home runs is good for a pitcher, but uh, no, the longer he can keep this up with the cutter and, you know, have some normalization with some of his secondary stuff. Uh, he could still be a pretty useful pitcher. Uh, we'll close with this one. Josiah Waldner wants to know who is our favorite twins prospect. Um, hard to choose because I obviously I have a lot of affinity for Royce Lewis, but I also think of him as not really a prospect anymore. He is because he's technically still a rookie, but you know, you just, he's been around so long and Brooks Lee is easy to be a big fan of just because he seems to be um, destined to be a very good major leaguer, but I'm going to go. It, I mean, it's Emmanuel Rodriguez. He's the closest thing the twins have to a potential superstar in terms of lottery ticket prowess. I think Brooks Lee is going to be an amazing player, and I think Royce Lewis is going to be an amazing player, and they could both be superstars. But I just think the helium with Rodriguez at 20, high A, he's commanded the strike zone. To me, Emmanuel Rodriguez is it for me. But I, if you if you read off the top six, seven, eight to me, there's no prospect where I'm not like, yeah, that's going to be a good major league player. So maybe that's a blind spot for me. But for me, Emmanuel Rodriguez would qualify as my favorite prospect. So again, thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, check back. We'll have coverage of the Dodgers series uh, either late or early, depending on your purview and if there's enough coffee in the universe to keep me awake. 
and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, one last time, the Twins play the Dodgers Monday evening at Dodger Stadium, 9, 10 p.m. So start brewing that coffee or cold brew or whatever it's going to take. Swing in and get yourself a cup someplace. Pablo Lopez against Noah Syndergaard. This is not the Thor that you remember, not as overpowering, still kind of working his way back into whatever version of himself he's going to be after Tommy John. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. That's with Danny and Corey on the SXM app. Just search for Twins. Now, make sure you subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening and or watching. Follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnTwins, at Brandon underscore Warren. And this is me signing off, saying thanks for visiting, and don't forget to stop by tomorrow.